Hello and welcome to the Sentient Savage podcast. I'm your host, Seth Westhead, and I'm dropping in today on a solo cast episode to talk about something that I feel is one, really important, and two, isn't spoken about enough, at least not spoken about enough openly, and that is body dysmorphia and disordered eating in men. And part of the reason I want to speak about this is because it's something that I have had challenges with for a lot of my life and in some ways am still challenged by by it and ways that it, it impacts me and my life. I will say that where I am today is in a much healthier relationship with food, uh, my body, and the way that I feel about myself. It's drastically changed, but that hasn't been a straight or easy process or place to get to. And I wanted to speak into this because in some of the conversations I've had with other men, it's something that does impact them and their lives. And I feel like it, again, doesn't get enough airtime And I suppose where I should start with this is um, where how I grew up and, and the way that my body started to become something that I was aware of in place of um, comparison to others. And that was, I would say, early primary school, um, around grade three or grade four, I started to put on a bit of weight and um, get visibly bigger than other people around me. And I mean, it's hard for me to remember back specifically to those days, but you cop little bits and pieces of uh, fat jokes or niggles or things like that. Just schoolyard, I suppose, banter, which in some cases turned into bullying. And I started to become aware at that stage that maybe the way that my body was, wasn't right. It wasn't accepted. And throughout my early primary school years, that transition from being bullied to turning into the bully um, was a bit of a progression that happened. And a lot of that was around the insecurity that I had of myself. And it was an ability for me to use the size and shape of my body in a powerful way, right? So I wasn't very active at that age, uh, yet I had a larger physicality um, and physical presence as compared to some of my other peers. So I could use that uh, in a way to feel in control or feel powerful. And it's not something that I'm proud of at all. It's something that I've uh, done a lot of reflecting on and worked through. But there's a deep sense of compassion for my younger self who turned to bullying others as a means of um, feeling okay with himself and also feeling in control and powerful. As I started to become a little bit more physically active, I was training martial arts. Um, 
I started to again feel a bit more in control and in my body in the sense of being able to use my body for something um, productive and that was learning the skill of martial arts. Now I still maintained quite a large physical um, stature and reflecting back on it, I, I would have identified myself as an overweight young person. Um, I was physically active, wasn't that I was necessarily um, unhealthy or unfit, it was more so the feeling I had around my body. It wasn't something that I was comfortable with. Now, fast forward through my early years in high school, I had a, a deep uncomfortability with the way I looked and the way that my body was. And I attempted to, I suppose, mask that, not in the same way as primary school as being the bully, but rather trying to be uh, the class clown or leaning on my academic ability or my intellect as a way to seek validation from people. And I mean, at that age of being a young boy, um, there is that natural desire to fit in or to feel wanted or validated. And it was difficult for me because unlike some of my other peers, I felt very uncomfortable in my body. I wasn't physically fit. I wasn't necessarily getting attention um, from the girls. And that was something that, yeah, felt quite isolating and uh, alienating, uh, particularly feeling that and, and feeling not at home within my own body. Now, fast forward a little bit more to probably when I hit around 15, 16, so um, puberty really starting to, to kick in. Um, I had a deep desire to lose weight and change the way my body looked. So at that time, I started being more physically active, moving around. I think at that time, I saved up some money and bought a bench press and some weights and started using those out in the backyard. This then progressed to a gym membership and I was able to lose quite a large amount of weight. At that point, I think it was close to 30 kilos. And I may have got the timeline mixed up here. I think I started to do this at around 14, not 16. And I, I lost about 30 kilos. When I did that, I started to gain a, a level of confidence that I'd never had before. I also started to um, get attention from girls. I started to feel more active that I could participate in some things that the guys, other guys were doing. I felt more um, active and able to participate in sport and those sorts of things. And I started to feel a sense of validation that I'd never, I had at that point, never ever felt. And reflecting back, this was a really pivotal moment for me because it created the story that I was only worthy uh, and worthy of love, validation, attention if my body looked a certain way. Now, that story was something that I formed um, based on experiences in my life, based on maybe um, pressures from society, uh, the way that men's bodies are 
um, I suppose, portrayed in film, in media, in the magazines. I was reading Men's Health magazine at the time, which I find quite ironic since I wasn't a man. I, I was a boy and I was looking at sort of late 20s, early 30s, even 40-year-old men with these chiseled bodies um, that were certainly not attainable for a 16-year-old. It, it was quite comical actually thinking about it. But to me, it, it represented something that I deeply wanted um, and in a way at some points in my life would have done anything to get. So it was around this time of going to the gym and losing weight, I had cut out some of my the, the foods that I used to eat. I uh, wasn't eating as much. Uh, and it was something around that time I started to develop maybe an unhealthy obsession with eating clean. And around sort of 2000 and oh, what would it have been? Around 2010, um, I felt there was a big culture around um, eating clean, going to the gym. It was sort of when uh, Ziz was around and the whole aesthetics crew culture came in, shred for stereos. And as a 16, 17-year-old boy, this was really attractive to me. Now, throughout the next few years um, before I left home to go to university and college, I lent on the gym very heavily for my own regulation. And this was a way for me to feel in control of my life. It was a way for me to um, release anger and any bent up or, or pent up rage that I might have been carrying. And it was a way for me to connect with my body. Now I would be amiss if I said there wasn't a vanity or aesthetics component of it because there really was it was it was almost the driving force and these other benefits to the physical activity came after the fact um, but I started to become very obsessive around the way that my body looked and it wasn't that I would necessarily talk about it all the time but rather I was thinking about it always all the time I was thinking about how I looked I was thinking about whether I was too fat or too thin. And these thoughts were really dominating my life. They were certainly dominating the way I chose to eat. They were dominating the kind of situations I would put myself in, whether I would eat that piece of cake or eat the chips or whatever. Um, at the time, I'd also started introducing alcohol into my life. And you can hear more, a little bit more about my story with alcohol on the podcast episode I did uh, around 100 days sober. So alcohol started coming into my life, which I think we all know provides empty calories. There's no nutrients in alcohol. And this was really this kind of dichotomy that I was living where I would eat healthy and train throughout the week. And then on the weekends, I would binge and party, particularly binge with alcohol. What that created was this unhealthy pattern of wanting to achieve a goal, having a goal in sight, and then self-sabotaging and not being able to achieve that because of the way I was binging on the weekends. Now, I wouldn't say that my 
goal was necessarily a healthy one because it was about reaching a certain point to which I would then be happy with the way I looked, with my body, which um, I now know to be something that wasn't ever going to be possible. Um, Rather, it, it needed to be a process of accepting and loving myself and loving my body and then working towards goals, um, not as a driving force or a validator for being able to love myself, but rather something that through loving myself, I was able to achieve. So I started to um, really cement my identity in the way I looked around that age. Um, And then when moving away from home, things started to escalate. Um, Things started to escalate because I was in an environment around uh, young women, other young men who, in a way, I would judge myself against. You know, am I as big as him? Am I as ripped as him? Um, Does this girl like the way I looked? Am I enough? Uh, and these were some really heavy thoughts that I would was contending with. And by this stage, I was quite physically fit. Um, I had quite a low body fat percentage. And from the outside, I, I would have looked healthy and strong. Yet on the inside, the thoughts around my body um, were still very much dominating. I wasn't necessarily comfortable even at that point in taking my shirt off in public. Um, because I felt there were still elements of my body that weren't enough. Um, It made me quite insecure. I had um, some stretch marks from when I was a bit bigger, and those provided a lot of insecurity for me. And this started to escalate in the way of becoming more and more controlling around my eating. Now, I didn't stop with the binging on alcohol, that's something that continued, but I became more and more controlling of what it was that I um, would put in my mouth. And the gym became more and more of a way to release bent up frustration, uh, which coincidentally I was carrying a lot of around the way I felt about myself. So it was this really unhealthy spiral of controlling binging and then aiming to control again with exercise. And at that point, it had really only been binging on alcohol until it started to transition to binging on food. So I would control what I ate throughout the week or through majority of the day. And then at night um, or on the weekends, I would binge. And at First, this was quite slow. It was binging on things like maybe eating too much, uh, another helping of dinner, having some dessert, maybe having another serving. Um, and then it really started to escalate to things like eating um, multiple chocolate bars or eating whole punnets of ice cream um, to myself. And then what would ensue after that is a spiral of guilt of shame around myself, shame around my body, fear of putting on too much weight or being fat again. And I would go and exercise. And I would exercise maybe multiple times a day as a way to make up 
for the binge or the slip that I had um, entered into with my with my diet. And this was quite an unhealthy pattern, um, but at this point I wasn't aware of it. And the moment that I really became aware of it is when I, I caught myself in a moment of being so full um, that I felt physically sick uh, and there was a really strong desire for me to make myself throw up. And in that moment, I thought to myself, this is a problem. This has gone way too far. Um, and I, I quite literally just thought to myself, holy heck, I'm bulimic. I, I have bulimia. And it was something that really jolted me out of a particularly unhealthy pattern and into a mindset of this needs to change. My relationship with food, my relationship with my body needs to change. And now, in the way of just going back and explaining some of the things, how I was controlling my food, first off, it was just around what I would eat. And then it started to transition into um, a kind of if it fits your macros, calorie counting kind of um, pattern, which then turned into quite a stringent calorie counting pattern. And I justified that to, to the point of I was weighing my food and I would justify that by saying I'm trying to achieve and reach my health goals or my fitness goals, yet I would still binge on alcohol and things on the weekend. So I was saying that that was the reason I was doing it, yet my actions and my total lifestyle was not at all geared towards that. And another thing that really happened around that time that I think is quite uh, important to this conversation is that nobody picked me up or asked me if I was okay. There was a lot of ridicule and there was a lot of banter and bullying around the fact that I um, ate a certain way or didn't eat this or didn't eat that or trained so much in the gym or um, was counting my calories or weighing my food. I copped a lot of slack for it, yet nobody asked me from memory if I was okay, if things were all right, if I was doing okay, if things were too much, and, and actually trying to get to understand what I was going through. So I felt quite alone in the whole process, um, and I wasn't talking to anybody about it. It was something that I was just dealing with on my own, um, for a long time oblivious to the pattern, and then as I mentioned, getting to a point where the pattern become glaringly obvious and I needed to change things. So what really helped me move from that pattern of behavior was one, hitting the point where I was like, this is a problem, this needs to change. But then also cultivating a practice um, around mindfulness and meditation. And I know it kind of sounds a bit cliche, but it really is such a powerful practice for coming back to yourself and being aware and conscious of some of the things that you may not have been in the past. And for me, my meditative practice really kicked off um, in my later college years. I dabbled in it before, but around this same time as realizing that my pattern of eating needed to change, I 
really cultivated a deep meditation practice and was able to, through that, cultivate more and more understanding and compassion for where I had been and more compassion and appreciation actually for my body and what it was capable of. The fact that it was powerful and strong and could carry me through each and every day and despite the fact that I had abused it in a way, um, it was still here for me and still here as an anchor, a point of safety and a support. And I started to really tap into understanding that previously I had seen my body as serving other people, uh, either serving other people in a sexual sense for with, with women or it was around serving other people visually. So it was, I needed to look a certain way to be visually appealing to other people. And it wasn't necessarily about me. When I started to shift that mindset, I really started to see things like food and the gym as a way of loving my body and appreciating my body and keeping my body in a state of, um, well, really keeping my body at a point where it was thriving. And I realized that things like binging on alcohol, binging on food, even controlling my food so much was not going to serve me, hadn't served me, and wasn't going to be something that I was going to take forward with me. So around this time of cultivating my meditation practice, I started to contemplate where my food was coming from. Uh, I was studying nutrition at the time, which again previously had kind of been a way to seek more control and understanding. Now it started to shift uh, as a way of healing and promoting health within my body. And I started to get curious about where my food come from. This again led me down a path of um, understanding more about the food industry and the way it's been manipulated and some of the things that we've been told and some of the lies that have perpetuated the nutrition and food industry for many, many years. Um, and then I got to a point um, of contemplation where for me, veganism um, and eating a plant-based diet was something that I felt called and that I needed to do. I was still training at the gym, I was still maintaining um, my physical practice, but again, my relationship with my body had changed drastically um, at that point. I was on a, a plant-based diet for about five years and then um, slowly started to introduce meat uh, back into my diet, which happened around uh, two, two and a half years ago. Um, and that maybe is a podcast for another time around that whole experience if people are interested. Uh, but now I think I am at a stage where my relationship with my body is one of respect, it's one of trust, it's one of deep love. And it's not that I don't have moments where I catch myself back in old ways of thinking, um, for example, looking in the mirror and going, oh, you know, maybe I am carrying a bit too much fat here or fat there, or maybe I need to put on a bit of weight here or there. But I can catch those thoughts and come at them from a place of compassion and understanding rather than a place of control, validation and need. 
And so now the gym for me has been something that really helps me get in my body from a deep sense and connect with my body, appreciate my body for its strength and its capability. And funnily enough, when I started to cultivate a loving practice with myself, with my body, I started to get some of the best physical and aesthetic results that I've ever had. And this was the results that I'd always been searching for back when I attempted to really control um, what I was eating and the way I was training. And I didn't realize that creating this mental and compassionate and loving shift within myself and for my body was actually what I needed um, to get to where I wanted to go. So today, again, my practice of physicality is, I wouldn't say it's completely unrelated to an aesthetic or an aspect of vanity. I think I still wanna look good. I wanna look good with my shirt off. I wanna look good naked. And I don't think that's a problem. Um, Where it can become a problem is if it's a way to seek validation or escape from your current reality or a way to seek love that you feel like you're not getting. Now, I feel that deep love within myself because I can cultivate that for myself. And I'm not looking for the external validation that I once was. And so my physical goals now are a way of cultivating that self-love, of cultivating that appreciation and respect for my body and what it's capable of. An ability for me to be able to push my body and see what it's capable of. And so I just want to finish there. I, I feel like this has been something that I've wanted to speak into for a little while and it's um, probably the most vulnerable and open podcast I've um, given to date and it's something that I feel does deeply affect men in a way that's not spoken about and so I would encourage anybody, any man, um, anyone really who has connected with this story of mine, with my journey um, and is interested in speaking into it, whether you're going through something yourself Um, whether it's something you've been through or something that you're witnessing somebody else maybe go through, I'm always happy to have a conversation and, and open up the yarns. So big love, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you have a beautiful rest of the day.